Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. Oh man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. Happy to be back here on the show for the first time in a while. How about you, Randy? How you doing? Doing good, man. I, I, you know, like you said, we haven't had you on um, in about a week and a half, two weeks. I know we we previewed SummerSlam. We did not do the review of it. Uh, we tried to get Mark on the show this week, but he's uh, apparently, quote unquote, all in. Uh, for this weekend in Chicago. So hopefully he uh, has a good time out there. Uh, his birthday was, I think, the other day. So happy uh, belated birthday to Mark Raimondi. Um But Graham, you know, SummerSlam is coming gone. We're on the road to uh, Hell in a Cell and Super Showdown and the Women's Evolution. But now we are currently in the Roman Reigns era as Universal Champion. So again, I did not get a chance to talk to you about that. So now... How do you feel about Roman Reigns uh, finally becoming Universal Champion? Well, it was about damn time. I mean, we talked about it here on the show ad nauseum over the last number of months where it was time to take that belt off of Brock Lesnar, the only real person that made the most sense. I mean, obviously, you could have gone with Finn Balor or Seth Rollins was a popular choice. I would have loved to have seen Rollins and Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, but Roman made the most uh, made the mess, most sense Excuse me, from a storyline standpoint, just considering their history and Roman had to be Brock. I mean, Wrestling 101, the guy's got to beat his longtime rival at some point. He failed to do it three years ago. He failed to do it. WrestleMania 34. He had to do it at SummerSlam. The match was okay. Made more bearable by Braun Strowman's involvement. So it, they did what they needed to be done, and I appreciate that. Now Brock is finally out of the picture for the foreseeable future. It was what it was. I can't complain. I can't praise it, but at the same time, I think so far, and it's granted it's only been two weeks, mm-hmm. but I think Roman's did a good job so far as Universal Champion. Uh, the whole fighting champion gimmick, taking on Finn Balor. Now he's got his thing with Braun Strowman. I think so far, so good with Roman Reigns as Universal Champion. Not to mention the Shield reuniting, which is only going to help his cause. Yeah, and I know, I know you're not the biggest Roman Reigns fan out there, but still, when he won the belt and now he's two weeks into his reign, um, are you kind of happy he's the champion? Are you more like, yeah, as long as as long as it's not Brock Lesnar, you don't care who the champion is. Well, the thing is with this, I think it it reminds me a lot of what happened three years ago when Roman Reigns initially beat Sheamus for the championship in like December, I think it was, of 2015. Remember when he beat him for the belt on Raw and the crowd went fucking nuts? The same city, I think it was in Philly, the same city where he got booed out of the building earlier that year when he won the Royal Rumble. The only reason that happened was because A, they were witnessing a title change, and B, not because they were fully behind Roman Reigns, but I mean, he was being booked like a badass at that point. But it was more so the fact that people wanted to see Sheamus as champion less than Roman Reigns, which is why they cheered for the title change. It was because they wanted to see Sheamus as champion a lot less than Roman Reigns. That's not to say Roman Reigns was their number one choice, but he was a better option than Sheamus. And I feel like the same thing is happening with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, where people don't really... 
I can't say everyone, but a majority don't want to see Roman Reigns in that spot, despite the fact that, mind you, he has not held a world championship in WWE in over two years. So to those saying that he gets the John Cena treatment, and and he does to a a fall, to to an extent, but... You know, he's not holding championships every other month. He's not been a world champion since June of 2016 prior to this point. Mm. Um, But just with Roman Reigns right now, I think people are looking forward to seeing who can ultimately take that championship from him. In my mind, there's no obvious one, not one obvious person. I mean, of course, there's Braun Strowman, but I doubt they would take the championship off of Braun so soon or off of Roman so soon. Come hell in the cell later um, on in September. But, um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of it for right now. Like I said, I think his reign so far so good. The match with Finn Balor on Raw last week was fucking great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an awesome main event. The Shield coming back is exciting. And WWE is smart. They know the fans are going to cheer for The Shield and Roman's involvement. When Roman's on his own, I'm sure they won't be too kind to him. Um, but with The Shield, he's going to be cheered. So, in a way, they're building a shield for Roman Reigns and ensuring that he gets cheered in the meantime. I don't think that'll work long term. The Roman Reigns um, fiasco with him getting booed, even though he's a babyface, you know, I, I think it might improve a little bit. It won't be solved until he goes heel. But when you turn people that are more popular than him, like Braun Strowman, heel, in order to get Roman cheered, I have an issue with that. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but. If they're turning people like Rollins heel, which they haven't yet, but I fear that they might at some point. Mm-hmm. Ambrose, I guess, kind of makes sense. But Braun, the guy, one of the most organically overacts in the entire company. They turn him heel in order to get Roman cheered. That, to me, feels forced, and I'm not a fan of that. You know, I, I was just going to ask you a whole uh, array of questions in, in your response. So we get the Shield reunion two weeks ago. Uh, I think that came out of nowhere. I, I think, you know, because... You know, Ambrose comes back from the injury. Roman is now champion. I think they do that because, you know, if Roman, you know, when Roman won the belt against Brock, some fans are more are, are still more like, yeah, I don't want Roman to to have the belt. But now with the Shield coming back, it it, it kind of makes it all right. You know, I, you know, I can I you know I can dig that Roman the champion. I may not like him, but the Shield is back. All right, I'll take it. So now you fast forward to last week on Raw. Um, or this past week on Raw. Now, Braun Strowman is now going to cash in his his money to bank contract against against Reigns at Hell in a Cell. You know, not no go behind your back. You you know you you do a match. I come in and I and, and I beat you kind of stuff. It's a real match, and like you said earlier, they're tweening him where it's he might be a heel. He might be still a good guy. He's right in the middle, and now he's quote unquote aligned with. Dolph and, and Drew McIntyre because the Shield has uh, reformed. So talk about this whole thing. One, were you shocked that that, that the Shield um, reunited? Number one, two, your thoughts on this? I, I I I know you just said it, but about now Braun being a tweener, but now sort of I think for the time being aligning himself with Dolph and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, the whole thing with the Shield, I mean, I'm a big fan of it. Like I said, I think the Shield reunion, this, what we're getting right now is what we should have gotten late last year. So I think it's great. And I mean, it made sense from a storyline standpoint, too, because the only reason the Shield ended the first time, not back in 2014, but late last year, Mm. was because Ambrose got hurt. So it makes sense for them to pick up right where they left off with all three reuniting. But I said this last year here on the show when we talked about it, Randy, and I'll say it again. It can't be this 50-50 bullshit. They can't go fucking half in and then not go all the way with it. It's got to be a full-throttle shield reunion. Now, I know 
one guy's the universal champion. I know another guy's the intercontinental champion. The other guy just came back and they all have their single success. But when I, by that, what I mean is they got to come out when they, when, whenever they're together, like raw, I understood this week because they didn't come out together. They came out to save each other. So it wasn't really as the shield, Mm -hmm. but when they come out as a unit, it needs to be with the theme song, with the full-on shield attire. None of this Rollins comes out, then Ambrose comes out. Like, they need to be a cohesive unit. Because when they come out separately, it's the shield, but it's not really the shield. And they were doing that even well before Ambrose got hurt. Um, before Ambrose got hurt last year, they still had Ambrose and Rollins coming out separately and without the gear on, without the vests on and stuff like that. Like right. it needs to be a full throttle shield reunion in order for this to work, in order for the moment when Ambrose inevitably turns on Roman and Seth, in order for that to pack the biggest punch, they need to be on the same page consistently day in, day out, till the day that turn comes, which likely will be in early 2019. Um, But again, I'm a full, I'm a big fan. I'm in full favor of the Shield coming back into the fold for the first time. Aside from late last year, for the first time in four or five years, I think it's great. People are always hot for him. I don't know if it'll work long-term to get people to cheer Roman Reigns, but it's worth a shot. With the Braun thing, I'm not convinced that it's a full-fledged turn. I guess we'll see on Raw this week. Yeah, I'm not optimistic knowing this company, but I'm not convinced it's a full-fledged turn just because Braun Strowman literally did the exact same thing that The Shield did to him the week prior when... Really, the Shield should have been heels coming out of their return last week when Braun tried to cash in, which he said that he would do. It was not a surprise. He said that he would cash in after Roman Reigns' match. So before he could cash in, the Shield comes out, triple power bombs him through the commentary table. So that's kind of a heelish thing to do. Braun retaliates by evening the odds by recruiting the likes of Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre to take out ambrose rollins and reigns now granted the people that he chose to do so aren't exactly baby faces and dolphin drew mm-hmm. um so therefore people might see it as a heel turn but i i highly 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 doubt that when dolphin drew aren't in the picture braun will still will still get cheered louder than roman reigns it's the same shit they're doing on smackdown right now with becky and charlotte which i know we haven't had a chance to talk about yet because we didn't talk last week um here on the show but it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know Becky's going to get organically cheered more than Charlotte. It's not to say that Braun can't be a great heel because he was a year ago. It's just that people are behind him so much right now. Why would you throw that all away just in an effort to get Roman Reigns cheered? Which he won't. It won't change anything. If anything, they're just gonna re- they're just gonna um, just uh, retaliate more. They're just gonna rebel more against the WWE for turning the wrong guy heel. So again, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it at all. If they go in that direction, we'll see. Again, it could be one of those things where it was a one week thing. They saw the reaction to it, and they'll turn him back, babyface, or he never turned to begin with. Or it could be a tweener. Yeah. The whole tweener thing, I think it works for certain people. Before people bring up the whole attitude era argument, I think it worked back then for a variety of we- for a variety of reasons. Nowadays, uh, I'm not really so sure. I think with people like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Braun is like the closest thing that we have to a Steve Austin right now, and I understand that. But I don't know. They really got to tread lightly here because they're going to cool off Braun significantly if they don't book whatever the the fuck they're doing right now with him right. Because if not, they're going to ruin a perfectly hot superstar in favor of someone that will never be universally cheered by the crowds. I think the one thing that 
that I looked at and it kind of bothered me um, just from a portrayal story standpoint with the fact that, you know, Reigns, Rollins, and Dean Ambrose, you know, put Braun through a table uh, two weeks ago. And then you would think that the following Raw, that Braun's going to come out and try to, you know, kick Roman's ass and Seth and Dean Ambrose. But, you know, just looking at it, he's in the ring with Roman in, in his promo talk about, you know, I'm going to cash in the hell in a cell and everything. But, like, you would, you, you know, you would think Braun would, would not want to do that and just kick the shit out, out of Roman right there. Why wait to the end of the show to align yourself with Dolph and, and, and McIntyre? Like, to me, I get where they're going. They want Reigns cheered. They're going to they're gonna tween uh, Braun Strowman to make that happen. Keep the shield somewhat of uh, uh, good guys for now. But I think how they how they laid it out, yeah, he, he got the retaliation at the end. But it's like, you know, Grant, if, if I put you through a table one week and then I see you the following week, are you really going to just be in the ring with me and cut a promo and, and stand side by side and say, all right, we're going to tag team now as opposed to me kicking your ass right there and then? Exactly. It was silly. Yeah, I thought the whole logic behind it was weird. And the thing is, too, that despite what happened at the end of the show, Braun still did a babyface thing by agreeing to cash in his contract early. I mean, if he was a heel, he would have been like, fuck it, I'll just cash it in right now. But no, right. he said, I'll, I'll do it at Hell in the Cell. So he's a babyface, but again, I still think it's like a tweener turn. If anything, I think he's still face. I guess we'll find out more this coming Monday. But... Just, I think, above all else, despite the fact that it's illogical to think they turn him heel, I just think from a business standpoint and just from a fucking common sense standpoint, he is one of the most over people in this entire company. To turn the guy heel now would be so short-sighted. I know they're failing to make good heels right now. That's not Braun Strowman's fault. You don't take someone that's over and then turn them into a top heel. You try to build people up that aren't working as a babyface. God forbid that they turn Roman Reigns. But you also you also have on the undercard two guys that could be that top heel right now if built up the right way. I know they fucked over Kevin Owens. Jinder Mahal sucks. Baron Corbin is not a top heel. Elias is good. He's not the top heel. So they have a few people that if they've really either booked badly or are incapable of being the top guy on Raw. But you have Bobby Roode on the babyface side. You have Bobby Lashley. Neither guy is doing jack shit right now. Why not turn them heel in an effort to make them the top heel on Raw and not someone that was already over in their current roles of face? That's what doesn't make sense to me. So the buildup so far to Roman and Braun at Hell in a Cell has already been very flawed. I mean, I think the Shield reuniting is great. But we'll see where it goes. They still have another two weeks to build up this bout at Hell in the Cell. I think the match will be great. Every past encounter between Roman and Braun has been awesome. From their last man standing matches, Hell in a Cell, ambulance matches, not Hell in a Cell, Steel Cage, um, ambulance matches. Everything they have gone through over the past year, year and a half has been awesome. So I'm, I'm, I have no doubts that the match is going to be great. But the buildup and what they're currently doing with their characters and not it really not making much sense I'm not too um, optimistic on that front, but time will tell. They do have time to redeem themselves before the pay-per-view in two weeks. Would you have respected respected it more or kind of made more sense that if, if, if it's not Dolphin Drew, you know, kind of just, you know, helping Braun out at the end against the Shield, if, 
if it was more like related to like Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Eric Roman, you know, people that he's had ties with ties with before in the past as opposed to two total strangers. Yeah, I've said this before, but um, I, I'm not here on the show, but I was thinking about it last week when people had brought it up. I brought up the idea. But yeah, I think Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper would have made a ton of sense. And people would not have booed them. I know Harper's technically a heel right now. Wyatt's not. Mm. Um, he's been a babyface since WrestleMania. So having him aligned with them would have made more sense. I think it would have made for a better match. I mean, I know you run into the issue of like, oh, Harper's on SmackDown. They can find a way of trading him to Raw. I mean, Eric Rowan's hurt anyway. Luke Harper, they're not going to do jack shit with him on that show on his own. Oh, yeah, so right. they might as well bring him back to Raw to be with Wyatt. Um, that and, and Wyatt's out of a tag team partner, too, with Matt Hardy being hurt at the moment. So yeah. um, that would have made more sense. I know they have since confirmed that at the WWE Super Showdown event in Australia on October 6th, I think it is, it's going to be the Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. Um, I think it would be a much more appealing match. If it was Strowman, Wyatt, and Harper versus The Shield. I know it's not exactly the original Wyatt family because Rowan's not there, but yeah. replacing Strowman or replacing Rowan with Strowman is not a bad um not a bad substitute. Because we all know how great those original Shield and Wyatt family matches are. This might be the closest that we could ever get to getting that again. And they threw that opportunity out the window just to align um Strowman with Ziggler and McIntyre. Now I know Ziggler's currently feuding with Rollins. But to drag that feud out even more, going to fucking October, since they've already been feuding since June, is overkill. It's already run its course, but to drag it out even longer is just well past the point of expiration. So again, we'll see where it goes. I'm sure the matches will be good, but I would have rather much preferred to answer your question to see a Wyatt, Harper, Strowman reunion than whatever they're currently doing with Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. So we now know officially Braun is going to cash him. At a hell in a cell against uh, Roman Reigns uh, for the Universal title. They do have the, the Super Showdown, I think, a couple of weeks later in October. So now, you as a fan, does that kind of give you... What kind of indication does that give you that, that Roman is going to retain or uh, Braun is going to walk in super, into Super Showdown as a new champion? Which one? Yeah, Roman's definitely retaining. I have no <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, he just won the championship at SummerSlam. They've been waiting to get this championship on him now for two years, over two years, like I said earlier. They're not taking that title from him anytime soon. And it sucks because it completely devalues the Money in the Bank briefcase. Braun should be champion. The longer they wait to put the belt on Braun, the, the timing of this sucks because if Roman won the championship at WrestleMania, then yes, Braun would be winning the championship. He might already be champion by now, but he would very likely be champion at hell in the cell. But because they fucking waited and they kept the belt on Brock and they got the belt on Roman at SummerSlam, Braun's got to wait even longer to be champion. And it makes him look like an incapable, incompetent loser because he failed to win the championship at SummerSlam last year at no mercy. Then again at Royal Rumble. And now he couldn't cash in at SummerSlam. He couldn't cash in the next night on Raw. The guy comes across like a fucking loser. And I know he's over and people are still behind him regardless, even though they just turned him heel. But it's like it's one of those Ryback situations where a couple years ago, Ryback got like four or five shots at the championship and he lost every fucking time. Braun Strowman, exact same thing, where people are still behind him despite all the, the matches that he's lost for the championship. But they turn him heel anyway. And you saw what, that, what happened to Ryback's career after that. I'm sure Braun Strowman will have a little more success. But it's like 
after Baron Corbin failed to cash in successfully last year, or yeah, you know, he lost to uh, Jinder Mahal in a matter of a minute, then why would you have Braun follow in his footsteps and also lose um, his shot at the WWE Universal Championship by failing to cash in the contract successfully? It just devalues the briefcase, makes him mean even less. Why even bother putting the briefcase on him in the first place if you're going to pull this shit? Um, but to answer your question, that's a bit of, bit of a long-form answer for a short-term question, but yes, Roman not only probably will, but flat out will almost guaranteed retain that championship at Hell in the Cell. But I, to me, to me, Graham, I think the way you just laid it out, he lost at No Mercy Royal Rumble SummerSlam last year. He failed to cash in at SummerSlam this year. He failed to cash in on Monday, uh, two Mondays ago on Raw, and now he gets to Hell in the Cell where it's his fifth. I think his fifth opportunity for the title, like a uh, fourth official. Uh, uh, opportunity, there might be a chance he walks out. I, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I just feel like, like you said, how many chances can he get at the strap? And, like you said, not come up, not walk away as a loser. And this is this has been the norm for Braun Strowman lately. And yeah, he, you know, he he gets cheered. The fans love him. At some point, you might have to roll that dice. And yeah, Roman just won the belt against Brock at SummerSlam, but that don't mean he can't drop it a month later. I, I think there's a little chance because them, the Shield, and this three-man with Braun, uh, Dolph, and Drew McIntyre happening a month later. I don't know, man. I, I, I think all signs point toward to Roman walking into that event as champion, but I wouldn't rule it out uh, for Braun to walk out now, by himself. Maybe does he get help from Dolph, Drew McIntyre? I dare say Bray Wyatt, some outside help, uh, some shit like that. But I wouldn't rule it out that Braun doesn't walk out of Hell in a Cell with the belt. Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance. I'm not saying that. I mean, <laughs> I kind of did lay it out that there's a hundred percent chance that he will win, that Roman Reigns will retain the championship at Hell in a Cell. But I just find it very hard to believe that they would get the belt off of Roman a month after winning it. Uh, maybe anyone else, and not Roman Reigns. And if it's not Braun Strowman, then who takes that championship from Roman? Now I'm hearing rumors that he might be feuding with Drew McIntyre before the end of the year um, for the championship, which sounds like honestly a great feud on paper. I don't think Drew would be the one to win the championship. It would be cool if he did. Um, but again, they have no fucking heels on that show. I think the only real person that makes sense, to be honest with you, if they keep the championship on him long term, is Dean Ambrose, um, who I think a lot of people thought they would turn heel fucking months ago upon his return. But I'm glad they're dragging it out. They're not turning him heel immediately. They can, they're going to milk this Shield reunion for all it's worth. And then you turn him heel. Um, and him and Roman can have some good matches. Maybe Ambrose is the one who beats Roman for that championship. I don't know if they would drag that all the way out until WrestleMania. I'm hearing rumors now it might be Roman and The Rock for the championship of WrestleMania. I don't know how likely that is. Mm. Um, but I do think that all signs point to Roman Reigns walking into WrestleMania as champion. Now, he could always drop the belt before then and regain it before WrestleMania. But I think there's a much bigger chance of him holding on to the gold until next April. One point you made earlier about Braun, him being the, the good guy now or being over... And it wouldn't make sense to take someone who's so over with the crowd, you know, babyface role, and then flip him heel. Um, I'm not saying that it, that it always works, but it's not like it hasn't happened where, like, for example, with like you just mentioned The Rock. 
The Rock was the big time baby face, I think, in late 98. Fans on his side. I think Stone Cold was out with the injury. So he was he was a top baby uh, on the roster. And then that Survivor Series in 98, he turns here with the corporation. So, like, I guess it depends on who it is and how you do it that you could take a top good guy and then flip him in one night. I'm not saying Braun's going to do that. I'm saying, but if they did do it, it would have to be just as perfect as how the Rock's uh, turn was in, 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 in 98. It could be done, but if they go this route where they want Roman to be cheered as champion and they want Braun to be the tweener or official bad guy, it could be done and just look at how the blueprint was for The Rock in, in, in 1998. Yeah, I mean, it, it worked for The Rock. Again, it was a different time. Um, his character, I mean, the guy can make it work. Braun Strowman, I think, can make it work too, but it's just, I don't know. You also had a babyface people would get behind the mankind and Mick Foley. So it was a little different at the point at that point in time. And they also had Stone Cold Steve Austin on the back burner. Um, so they had a few different baby faces they could rely on. I guess you do have Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, even though he's not universally cheered, and Ambrose at the moment, and a few other people on the SmackDown side. I mean, again, it could work. We'll see. I think they had better creative back then when it came to turning someone and making the most out of it. But then again, The Rock was a more natural heel anyway. The guy was a very popular baby face. He's one of the most beloved wrestlers in WWE history. Yeah. But the guy was a way better heel than as a baby face. I think Braun even though he's kind of been built up as a dominant monster heel, he's one of the most over guys they've had in years. And just to throw that away for different reasons, I think back in 98, it was not just to, uh, cause people were booing mankind. So by turning the top baby face, then they would side with him. They were already on mankind side. Anyway, he was a believable, lovable loser and a lovable underdog. Um, they don't really have that with Roman Reigns. The guy's not an underdog by any sense of the imagination. I know he lost to Brock Lesnar fucking five times, but he's not an underdog. He's not who they want him to be. You can't change people like that. You're not going to change people's perception of Roman Reigns right. until you turn him heel first. I think it would have been a lot more natural if they turned the shield heel or at least Roman Reigns into a full-fledged heel before Braun Strowman. Um, just to go back to the well to turn back Braun Strowman into a, into a baby face for the sake of getting Roman cheered, to me, feels just rings hollow very much. I mean, to me, like, for example, if, if, if Bray Wyatt helped Braun Strowman, do you think they're going to boo Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman against Roman Reigns? Like, I think no matter what he does, he, he's going to get cheered regardless. No, that's the issue. I think people would even cheer for him even more. Yeah. And they would before, just because, I mean, I think people would be hot for a Wyatt family reunion. I think people want to see them reunite, and I think it'd be cool. Um, no, yeah, people will definitely not boo Braun over Roman Reigns. That's what I'm saying. It might work in some cities on certain nights, but mm. in the long term, people will always cheer Braun over Roman Reigns. The same can be said, like I said, for Charlotte and Becky. They may get one lucky night in WWE where Becky gets booed louder than Charlotte, but I do think just based off the narrative they're telling, again, same thing with Becky. She was completely justified in everything that happened in betraying Charlotte. Why am I the one? Why Why should we believe that she's the heel in this situation? Braun, same exact thing. Mm. He got fucked over and then after SummerSlam. He got fucked over at SummerSlam. And then, to top it all off, he does the honorable thing by cashing in the contract weeks in advance. Why am I supposed to boo that? Like, just because he associated himself with Dolphin Drew. Aside from that, the guy is the most 
pure baby face that they have on that roster. So again, the narrative they're telling doesn't exactly match up with their actions. Yeah. Um, do, then do you roll the dice and turn the shield heel? I mean, like it's something, you know, you can't have Seth, Dean, Roman, Braun, all baby. Like at some point, do you kind of sit back and say, Hey, maybe Roman Dean and Seth, and Seth should be like how they were when they first got here and be heels. Do you, do you think the fans would roll with the shield being heels and Braun being the good guy? Um, not really. Right. <laughs> no, but I think I, like I said earlier though, I think if you had the Wyatt family reunion thing, I think if you had Bray Braun and Harper versus the shield, mm-hmm. I know I said earlier, they don't really do tweeners anymore, but I think in that situation it would work because you don't have to turn any one of those people into a full-fledged heel. Just let the crowd decide who they're going to cheer for. I don't think you have to turn Braun heel. I think you can have a babyface versus babyface match where it's Roman and Braun to hell in the cell. I don't think you have to turn Braun Strowman heel. That's what I'm saying. I think that what they did on Monday could be just their way of making Braun get even with the shield after what happened the week prior. I just think to go balls to the wall by turning the guy into a full-fledged teal by saying that he fucking, you know, that everyone, no one has ever supported him and he hates babies and stuff. Like, I think that'd be just way too forced and it wouldn't work. But you can have a situation where people can decide who they want to cheer for between Roman and Braun. It's always going to be Braun. But in the six-person situation, when you have the shield and then Braun and whoever he's teaming with, let them decide who they want to cheer for. It doesn't have to be a babyface versus heel dynamic just because I think if you go that route, then it damages Braun long term. Hmm. All right, Grant. Let's see what, what else we got here. Uh, Kevin Owens said, I quit. Uh, it is an IC title match against Seth Rollins. We all know it's kayfabe, but uh, what do you think the plan is for Kevin Owens going forward? knowing that he did not officially quit because he just re-signed a new contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not really sure where this is going, which is why I'm intrigued. There's not many things on Raw I can say that about at the moment. Um, I think the Kevin Owens thing, there's a lot of different ways it can go. I think Kevin Owens is a babyface. Honestly, could work at some point. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't think that's going to happen right now because, like I said, they need they need heels. And Owens is the real only real heel on that roster I can see being a credible heel on Raw. Just because, like I said, quick rundown, Elias is not that guy. The guy's a glorified mid-card act. He's good. He's entertaining, but he's not the guy. Um, Baron Corbin really is not that good. Jinder Mahal sucks. And that's about it. They really don't have any more heels beyond that. Mojo Raleigh, like, give me a fucking break. Um, Kevin Owens fits that mold to a T. At some point, maybe they can turn him, just not right now. Sami Zayn is hurt. So I would keep him heel. I know the rumor, which has since been squashed, I know the rumor originally was that he would become a Paul Heyman guy. And I think that's honestly awesome. I really, really like that idea because it accomplishes a few different things. Mm -hmm. One, it gives the old reboot to Kevin Owens, gives him something to do. Two, it gets Braun, not Braun, uh, Paul Heyman back on TV. Because with Brock being out of the picture for, I would assume, until at least WrestleMania, Paul's not going to be on the show. Like, if he's still with WWE, which I don't think that he is, I think his contract ran up with Brock's. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. But if they want to keep Paul around, they've got to have him work with someone that he can sink his teeth into, someone that he would actually enjoy working with and not fucking like Kurt Hawkins or some dumb shit like that. But I think Paul and Kevin would be a great pairing. I'm not sure how much history they have behind the scenes. And it's not one of those situations where like, oh, Kevin can talk. Why would he need the mouthpiece? Okay, so did 
CM Punk had talked too. That guy yeah. didn't need a mouthpiece, and that was one of the best pairings in the last five to ten years. So I think Owens and Heyman could work really, really well. I don't think they're going in that direction. That's purely fantasy booking. If they don't make him a Paul Heyman guy and they don't make him a babyface, I honestly think it's going to be one of those situations where he's just brought back in the next few weeks like nothing ever happened. We discussed the exact same thing coming out of WrestleMania, like, oh, he lost to Daniel Bryan and Shane. Him and Sammy lost. They were unemployed technically. Will they go to NXT? Will they try to invade Raw? Nope, they just got re-signed randomly during the Superstar shakeup and went to Raw. Mm -hmm. Like, how fucking stupid and how lazy is that? Okay, oh, they're fired? Oh, never mind. Stephanie rehired them. Like, Stephanie's probably going to call them up next week, rehire him, and say, you know, stop being so down on your luck. I'll give you another title match or something. I don't know. I just think it's really, really dumb what they're doing with him right now because he comes across like a fucking loser when he loses to Braun Strowman at SummerSlam in the matter of a minute. So, I don't know. I'm not sure where it's going. I would have him go all the way and either become a Paul Heyman guy or, you know, T's going to SmackDown or NXT even or something like that. Have fun with it and not be lazy and just blow off the angle before it can really get a chance to shine um, by re-signing him just in the next week or two. So, so how long do you think they keep they, they keep him off TV? Minimum. I think till at least Hell in the Cell. I think they, they bring him back after that. I would keep him... If they don't do what I suggested, then keep them off TV altogether for at least a month or two. But then again, I hate to say that just because Owens is one of the better parts of Raw and they're going to need him for the fall season. They really don't have anyone that intrigues the crowd. Um, like That's like a must-see aspect of that show. By turning Braun heel, that kind of eliminates him, unfortunately. You have the shield and that's about it. WWE, the summer has really not been that great for this company, at least on the Raw side. It's going to be even worse in the fall. So if you don't have Kevin Owens around, that's kind of a big blow to the roster, which is why I feel like they might get cold feet and bring him back sooner rather than later. If they bring him back in the next two weeks, fine, but it's got to be for the right reason. It can't be just like, oh, I changed my mind. I want to come back, and he gets a match with fucking Bobby Roode, and um, he beats Bobby to win his spot back on the Raw roster like, I don't know. To yeah. me, it just rings hollow. So we'll see where it goes. But in a perfect world, I'd keep him off TV for a while. Um, talking about somebody who's been off TV for a while, Shawn Michaels is going to come back on Raw next week, I guess, to continue the build of Triple H Undertaker Part 30 um, at Super Showdown for the final time ever next month uh, um, in October. Um, how? Yeah, I know it's not... The current guys, uh, Graham, but is there any little excitement or intrigue for you to see Triple H and, and, and take your go at it one more time and seeing Shawn Michaels somehow be back in the fold? Uh, not really, but I will Damn. say that the build-up to the match has been well done with the videos, who they think is going to win. They did the same exact thing with the first match years ago, the exact same storyline. They mm-hmm. interviewed legends about who they think is going to win. If The Undertaker's then undefeated streak would end in the hands of Triple H at WrestleMania 28. They've been down this fucking road before. The end of an era, the final time ever, like whatever the hell you want to call it, it's the exact same thing. But at least they're putting in the effort. I appreciate the fact that they're doing that as opposed to like, oh, here's Triple H and Undertaker for no reason at all. Like remember the greatest Royal Rumble that gave us John Cena and Triple H for literally no fucking reason. There wasn't any sense of buildup on the main show at all on Raw whatsoever. They just went out, had a match, John Cena won, and that was it. Like, it was a fucking house show, which it really was. Um, At least this time around, there's really nothing on the line, obviously. It's just an attraction match. 
But I appreciate the effort they're putting in to make it feel as special as possible by doing the video packages, having Triple H show up on Raw, having Shawn Michaels come up, uh, return to Raw to talk about the match. Hopefully Taker shows up before Greatest Royal or before uh, Super Showdown to hype up the match. Again, I'm not looking forward to it as a match, mm-hmm. but at least the buildup has been there, and it's not completely random. So what do you what do you take from Hunter saying, I mean, it, it could just be a promo thing, but he said, you know, the era is back. Like, is it back for one night, for, uh, for that one night? Are we going to see more Hunter and Taker down the road or Shawn Michaels? Like, what do you take from what he said the era or his era is back? Uh, I wouldn't really read too much into that. I think it's just a reference to the fact that, oh, it's the end of the era, but the era is being brought back for one night only. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the era all the time. We saw it at Raw 25 with the fucking DX reunion and all this other shit. So yeah. the era never really died. They kind of bring back that era constantly with Triple H and Undertaker and God knows who else showing up on occasion. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think at this point, I'm really just kind of done with the attraction versus attraction matches. Like, if you want to bring in Taker and Triple H, that's fine. I would rather see them against other people. And I know there's more money to be made in Taker and Triple H t- against each other because people know who they are. I'd rather see Finn Balor versus The Undertaker or Triple H versus Kevin Owens or just, I don't know, something else. Um, I know they kind of saved that stuff for WrestleMania, and these shows don't really matter, so if there's any place to do a match like this, it's on a show like this. But Triple H and Undertaker for the fucking, what, fifth time on a pay-per-view does really nothing for me because it has no semblance of importance for the future of this company. Uh, I would much rather see them mix it up with talent while they still can, specifically in Taker's case, because the guy's not going to be around much longer. I would rather see him face people that we've never seen before, even if they lose, like Taker and Rusev. Was it that good of a match? No, not really at all, but at least it was something new, and it was something different. I'd rather see stuff along those lines than the same match that we've seen now four or five times. So, like, for example, if, if, this, if this was, like, a retirement match, hey, the loser has to retire, or, you know, if Hunter wins, Taker, you got to call it a day, you got to you know, retire and if Taker wins, he, he'll take over NXT. <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. Like, I know we're laughing about it, but I mean, something, yeah, along those lines, I mean, at least there's some sort of importance. That's exact. but the reason they won't do that is because they don't commit to anything. Like, if they did that at WrestleMania 28, like, the loser has to retire, fucking, they would have, you know, they would have brought him back the very next week or the very next year and been like, oh, you know, JK, never mind. That's why when Undertaker retired, when he did, they never outright said that he was done because they always knew there was a possibility that he'd be back. And obviously, look what happened. He was brought back the very next year. So um, they won't do something like that because they know these guys aren't done and they know they'll be back. In a perfect world, yes, I really don't care to see any more Undertaker matches. Triple H, kind of the same thing with him. Um, he's not much better, but they would never do that because they know they'll be back at some point in the foreseeable future. Can still cut one hell of a promo, Graham. I don't think many people currently can do that. I mean, he can, but he doesn't have to have a match. Though. <laughs> I don't think people are clamoring for more Triple H matches. If they want more Triple H on TV, as a heel authority figure, and honestly, I really have no interest in that anymore, but if they have him as a manager or something, I don't know. I think there's ways to get him on TV without wrestling random matches that don't mean anything, but that's just my two cents. I'm not saying he has to go away forever, but just the Triple H matches, like, eh, 
I don't know. Actually, you know what I will say though, the one that he had at WrestleMania was great with Ronda Rousey and Stephanie and Kurt. So they're not completely like shit every single year, like the ones with Roman were and Brock and the Seth match was pretty good. But I don't know. Um, he can still be around without wrestling. Is my point. Would you rather see Hunter continue wrestling or see Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton in a Hell to Cell match? Hey, Hardy and Orton in a Hell in a Cell match. At least they know they could still go out there. And Hardy has said in the past that um, he wants a Hell in a Cell match, which is why they're getting that stipulation. Orton can still go. I know they've been around for fucking ever, but they at least feel fresher than Triple H and Undertaker, at least in my opinion. All right, let's 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 uh, talk about this Hell in a Cell card real quick. I know it's not finalized, but we got uh, six matches on the card: Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Hell in a Cell match, Ronda Rousey, Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Title, Roman and Braun Hell in a Cell match for the Universal Title, uh, the New Day versus somebody for the Tag Team Titles on SmackDown, AJ Styles Samoa Joe singles match for the WWE Title. And Daniel Bryan, Brie Bella against the Miz and Maurice. So, um, does there? I know we spoke about this. You know, we we speak about this all the time. Matches that don't really need the stipulation of being hell in a cell. I get it with Roman and Braun, um, but Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton, um, Graham, hell in a cell match inside hell in a cell. It's uh, you know. I don't know, man. If, if if it's not for the Intercontinental title or U.S. title or something like that, I just don't think the feud needed to be in the Hell in a Cell. I could be wrong, but I just don't think that match needs to be in the Hell in a Cell. Uh, I don't know. I think with Hardy and Orton, they, the feud makes sense inside Hell in a Cell, so I could see why they're doing it. Roman and Braun, if they go with the narrative that it, it eliminates the possibility of the Shield interfering, I get it. Mm-hmm. We we go through the same thing every year, Randy. I, I can't I can't recall a time where we haven't talked about it. But it's the fucking month. It's the same time of the year. It's October. It's September. Time to do Hell in the Cell. Like yep. it doesn't work like that. The, the one match that makes sense to do inside the cell is AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, based off the feed that we've seen so far from them, and they're not doing it. So I as at least as of right now. So. I would rather see them get rid of the pay-per-view altogether. I think that Braun and Roman and Jeff and Orton will make the most of the stipulation. Mm -hmm. But those are two matches that could very well just be no disqualification. Why do they have to be hell in the cell? Like, it's really illogical. But, um, yeah, I would like to see Joe and AJ added to the hell in the cell. Um, You know, it's already on the card, but I would like to see it be added inside the hell in the cell structure just because it makes the most sense to do that. And it's not out of the question to get three cell matches on one show we got one oh, no. uh we got three on the same show back for the inaugural installment of 2009 and then again in 2016 mm. so they could do that again with this year's um but yeah like it just kind of goes back to what we said every single year now that uh, you know th- th- they got to get rid of these gimmick pay-per-views because they're not really much of a draw anymore i don't think more people tune into hell in the cell than they do uh, you know, a, a battleground or, you know, a, a no mercy pay-per-view or a backlash. Oh, just because it's hell in the cell. Like, it's all network numbers now anyway. So, like, who cares? Um, same thing with TLC. You know, they moved it. It was supposed to be in October. They moved it to December. Mm-hmm. Same shit with that. They got to get rid of that and bring back the match only when it's necessary. So, this year, we're going to get Roman and Braun hell in a cell. We're going to get Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton hell in a cell. Last year, we had the Usos and New Day in the hell in a cell. And we also had Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon in a 
Hell in a Cell match, and you mentioned 2016. Um, we had Roman and Rusev in a Hell in a Cell match, which that did not, you know, that did not need it. Um, Kevin Owens did, definitely did not need it. Now KO and Seth Rollins uh, Hell in a Cell match for the Universal Title, and then we had Charlotte and Sasha Banks Hell in a Cell match. I was at that show too. It was one. Not one of. It was the worst WWE pay-per-view I've ever been to. Not to say that it was bad, <laughs> but it was so fucking forgettable, which is not good for a show featuring three Hell in the Cell matches. I was happy I got to see the Cell matches live. I've never seen a Cell match in person before. You said it yourself. Roman and Rusev don't remember anything about the match at all. Uh. Owens and Rollins was actually great. Um, that was an awesome match, which is no shocker. If you watch the match on Raw this week for the Intercontinental Championship that they had, you know they have awesome chemistry. But it wasn't the main event. I'm glad the women got the main event. I had said ad nauseum at that time. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because at that time I said Charlotte and Sasha deserve the main event, the first ever women's pay-per-view main event match ever. And they got it. The match sucked. The match was awful. They've had way better matches. The Iron Woman match was way better. The match they had at SummerSlam was better. The match they had on Raw for the Raw Women's Championship was better. The Falls Count Anywhere match they had on Raw was better. The Cell match really was not that good. It was filled with botches. Wrong finish, too. The finish just felt like it came out of nowhere with Charlotte winning. That oh, show... Yeah, with the table, well, yeah. That's, that's not a great show. I remember being there and just being like, wow, what a waste. I mean, I'm glad I got to go, but it was like... Out of all the pay-per-views I've been to from WWE, including a WrestleMania, a Rumble, I've been to TLC, Extreme Rules, and a variety of other shows, mm. easily the weakest one was Hell in the Cell 2016. So you wasn't you wasn't feeling uh, Bailey against Dana Brooke, uh, Lou Gallows, Carl Anderson against Enzo and Cass. You wasn't feeling the Brian Kendrick against TJ Perkins and uh, uh, the bar against the New Day. He wasn't going for that? <laughs> Almost positive that you could hear a pin drop in the arena during those matches. Oh, my uh, God. The oh, only I, match of those four that was I any, any yeah. semblance of bearable was the tag team title match, which was good because those two teams obviously work well together, New Day and the bar. But then fucking it ended on a DQ. Again, what a waste of a pay-per-view that was. Holy shit. I mean, you can't forget Cedric, Lynch, Dorado, and Sin Cara defeated Tony Nese, Drew, G- Drew Gulak, and Aria Davari. Can't forget about that. Yeah, on the Cruiserweight uh, kickoff <laughs> show. Yeah. Good um, God. That show is so missable. Back when the Cruiserweights meant absolutely nothing. Well, I think 2017 was better. Uh, you know, I mentioned KO, Shane, Uso. It was day. better. Uh, Orton, Rusev, Baron Corbin, uh, wow, Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, and Ty Dillinger, a triple threat match for the U.S. title, forgot about that, Charlotte, Natalia, uh, your boy Jinder defeated Nakamura, um, <laughs> that sucked, and that was awful, Bobby Roode defeated Dolph Ziggler, so that was Hell in a Cell 2017. That was a better show. It definitely was. Um, the two cell matches were very good. Owens and Shane was kind of boring. It was like 45 minutes long. Um, it, but it was a good show, though. I remember I enjoyed it. It wasn't an amazing show, but it was one of the better ones from that time period. And that cell match to kick off the show, the show peaked with the opener. New Day and the Usos was one of the best matches, not on that show, but of the mm. entire year. That was a phenomenal match. Right. And the three-way U.S. title match was good. Um I don't really remember much 
else. I don't even remember the other matches you just mentioned, but I just remember being thoroughly enjoyed by most of what I saw in the pay-per-view. I know Mahal and Nakamura fucking sucked. The match was awful, but um, at least the two cell matches held up, and that was really all that mattered. It sucked because you don't like gender, Graham. No, the match was just terrible. It was on Nakamura, too. Nakamura had an yeah. awful showing, too. The match was just awful. Um, I like what, real quick, I like what, I like what Becky is doing. Uh, I'm not too sure about you, but, I, you know, the whole tweener, is she a uh, good, bad person? Um, I think she's been cutting better promos, better attitude. Um just just a different side of Becky Lynch. I like where they're going with this. I guess they're gonna make Charlotte the heel in this, and no matter what they try to do with Becky, um, you know, I like it. I'm a fan of it. What's your take on this whole Becky Charlotte situation? I think so far, again, I don't want to repeat myself from what I said earlier about the Braun thing. They're completely miscast as characters, but, but. Um, I think Becky's made the most of her heel run so far. The promo that she cut last week on SmackDown, which I was there for that show too. That was a great show, and people were really hot for Becky and obviously booing Charlotte. They were in Brooklyn. Was the best Becky Lynch promo I've ever heard, like hands down. Right, like No right. one can point me to a better promo that she's cut than the one that she cut on SmackDown last week. Absolutely. And she didn't really do anything this week on SmackDown aside from laying out Charlotte and then calling her a bitch. But even her delivery of the line I thought was great at the end of the show on Tuesday. So, so far, so good. I'm liking it. I mean, again, it makes no sense to turn Becky over Charlotte, but at least they're making the most of it. Becky and Charlotte, not WWE. And the match, I'm sure, is going to be great. So, so far, I've been entertained. Um, anything else from Raw SmackDown? Um, that's worthy that that I'm missing, Graham. Uh, not from Raw and SmackDown. That's that's really about it. Uh, I thought SmackDown was was pretty good this week. Raw was completely missable, aside from what we talked about with um. And a Trish was on the show, which was cool. But aside oh, from yeah, that, yeah. aside from that, and the IC title match and no one's quitting, completely missable show. Um, and SmackDown was good, and I know All In's on Saturday. Hopefully, Mark, I'm not sure if he said he was going to the show or if he just said he was in Chicago. I don't know 100%, but it should be great. I think he actually did say that he was going to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it should be great. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I won't be able to watch it live, but I am looking forward to watching it late Saturday, early Sunday. And I think there's a chance we could see Neville on the show, too. He has been officially released from WWE. There's no word from the company, but they moved his profile from – the active roster to the alumni page, which is telling. So there's a good chance we could see him on Saturday in Chicago. Either way, the show should be awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Neville's um, no longer with the company. Kurt Angle was on a vacation, uh, you know, leave of absence. So uh, there was something else. Anyway, so real quick, what do you think um, this whole Kurt Angle thing is about? Just uh, really giving him time away from the company? Do you think it's time to get in shape for one more run or what do you think they go with this whole Kurt Angle thing and now putting Baron Corbin as the interim GM? Yeah, that's what I read and that's what makes the most sense with him taking time off to get ready for an in-ring return. Now, I don't think he'll be back wrestling every single week on Raw, which he shouldn't be. The guy's body's about to fucking crumble. Yeah, but yeah. if he's back on the Triple H Undertaker deal, which he kind of has been since he came back a year ago, he wrestled the TLC, he wrestled that Survivor Series, he was at WrestleMania. He competed in the greatest Royal Rumble match. Like, he's wrestled four or five matches since he's been back, and including all the house show matches he's done, too. So he can go, and I'm hoping that he can wrestle every few months on that schedule. 
I don't know who you put him up against. Baron Corbin would make sense. I have zero desire to see Corbin and Angle one-on-one. But um, what really sucks about this is that Angle was not the most amazing GM ever, but what was refreshing about him as Raw GM was that he was a babyface authority figure. Right. With him out of the picture, it's back to this heel authority figure bullshit with Corbin in charge. And that's exactly what we saw on Monday this week when he faced Finn Balor for the fucking upteenth time. Then Balor was about to win. He got himself DQ'd, and then Corbin restarted the match and won the match himself. Like, And then, then the handicap match stuff with Bobby Lashley. We've seen this shit time and time and time again. I'm so done with this heel authority figure bullshit. Um, but at least on the bright side, it does clear up angle for a wrestling role at some point in the near future. Again, aside from Baron Corbin, I'm not sure who he faces. Um, but if he does, fa- if he does face members of the current roster, I'd be all for that. There's really no one on the legend side. I want to see him face again. Brock would probably kill him. Um, Kurt Angle and Triple H, maybe we kind of saw that at WrestleMania though. Yeah. Kurt Angle and the Undertaker, eh, been there, done that. I'm not really sure if I want to see that again. Kurt Angle and the Rock, eh, been there, done that. I'd rather see him face a guy like a Seth Rollins or maybe even a Roman Reigns or an AJ Styles or a Samoa Joe, someone along those lines. But we'll see where it goes. I'm just not too optimistic about Corbin as the Raw GM just because based off what we've seen so far, it's going to be no different than any other heel authority figure in WWE history. And we saw a couple throwbacks. We saw Trish back on Raw, and we saw Booker T back on SmackDown. So, uh, you know, I guess you were... I don't know, kind of happy about that or kind of like shocked to see Booker and Trish back on TV? Yeah, they were surprise appearances. There was no reports that they were backstage, which was cool. Um, The Trish one came in her hometown, and it also made sense just because she is facing Alexa Bliss at Evolution in a few short months. So to get her on TV and to go back and forth briefly with Bliss was perfect. People like seeing her. Her interaction with Elias was great. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was one of the better parts of the show. And the King Booker thing didn't really serve a purpose, mind you. But I thought for what it was, it was a cool surprise. People popped big for Booker. And it was the first in-ring appearance of King Booker in like over a decade in WWE. So I thought it was cool to see him interact with the New Day as the five-time, 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 five-time tag team champions. That was great. People ate it up. It was funny. It was entertaining. It's better than the typical, oh, the authority figure comes out and makes a match for the rest of the show, like the main event of the show. Like, it was better than that. It's the same typical bullshit we see every single week on, on SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I thought both surprises were well done. Uh, real quick, it, it, is it me or did, did I miss something? But how, how did the Bella Twins come back and get involved in this whole uh, Alicia Fox, Alexa Bliss, uh, Ronda Rousey, Natalia? Like, I, I see him. I'm like... Like, where'd you come from? I don't know why. I don't know what happened. It came completely out of nowhere. We went from zero to a hundred with the Bella's <laughs> twin stuff. I, I like the Brie and Brian versus Miz and Maurice match at Hell in the Cell. I like that a lot because it's logical. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they're all over the fucking show. They're all over Raw. They made like five appearances at SummerSlam between like backstage segments, interviews, being seen in the crowd coming out to congratulate Ronda after her win. It's like, give me a fucking break. Like, I know the rumor is that she might be facing, Nikki might be facing Ronda at Evolution, Mm, which I honestly don't care about that at all. They could build it up the right way. They could always change my mind. But as of right now, I have zero excitement for that match whatsoever. Um, But again, the Brie and Brian stuff I like. But then you have Brie and Nikki on Raw like every week now. And now I heard they're obviously wrestling on Raw this coming week. They're facing the Riot Squad. And then I found out yesterday they're going to be at the Super Showdown show in October 2, teaming with Ronda. 
against the riot squad. So they're wrestling on TV like all the time now. Um, I know that's just based off of purely two matches, but Brie's also on SmackDown, so she's pulling double duty. It's like, what the fuck is going on right now? But, I mean, I like the Bellas. I don't really hate the Bellas as much as I used to, but I don't know. Just together, I fucking hate the act. Them as heels. Been there, done that. Brings back terrible memories of the Divas division days. Um, So we'll see where it goes. Maybe it proves to be beneficial for the Raw and SmackDown women's divisions. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I'm not optimistic. We'll see where it goes, but... um. Yeah, they really just went from not appearing on TV for the for like since January when they came out on Raw and then in the Royal Rumble days later to now being on TV every single week and making multiple appearances. So I'm not a fan of that, but we'll see where it goes. Two more before I let you go. Uh, we keep mentioning Super Showdown, so we, we, we might as well say what's on the card as of now. Seven matches. We mentioned Taker, Triple H. Uh, the Shield against Braun, Dolph, and Drew McIntyre. You just mentioned Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins against the Riot Squad. Um, AJ and Samoa Joe for the WWE title. Um, Daniel Bryan against The Miz. Uh, the winner gets to be the number one contender for the world title, which could be very interesting. John Cena and Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and Elias out of nowhere and uh cedric alexander against buddy murphy for the cruiserweight championship so at seven matches i'm, I'm pretty sure more will be added but as of right now what's the one match you're looking forward to seeing at super showdown as of right now i mean seeing the shield back in action will be cool um there's not one. I mean, I'll probably Miz and Brian, to be honest with you. I thought their first match was great. AJ and Joe should be great. We're seeing it again at Hell in the Cell. So I thought it was a little weird to announce it. So I know they want to build up the card. The show's not for another month and a half. They could have just said that AJ will be a part of the show. I think it's weird to announce the match outright when they're already scheduled for a WWE Championship match in two weeks of the next pay-per-view. I think what's wrong with WWE right now is that there are a lot of things, but they're building to like three different pay-per-views at once between Hell in a Cell, Evolution, and Super Showdown. That's what happens when you have like three pay-per-views scheduled within, you know, six weeks of each other. So anyway, um, yeah, probably Brian and Miz, because like you said, the stipulation where the winner earns a future championship match could be interesting. I just wrote about this today for Daily DDT, but uh, my prediction is that Miz wins again. I think Brian and Bray win their harmless match, the mixed tag team match at Hell in a Cell. Miz beats Brian again right. in Australia at Super Showdown, and then he goes on to win the championship from either AJ or Joe, probably AJ. And then we get um, Miz and Brian for the championship at WrestleMania after Brian wins the Royal Rumble in Phoenix, five years removed when he first should have won it at the Royal Rumble 2014. So that to me makes the most sense, which is probably exactly why they won't do it. But that's my fantasy booking. I mean, that sounds logical. I'm I'm with you on that. Miz wins, gets gets a belt from AJ. Daniel Bryan wins the Rumble. He wins the belt at WrestleMania. I think that's the perfect way to go. Last one. Um... Are you kind of sad that the run of SummerSlam at Barclays and the whole four-day thing has come to an end because now we're going to get SummerSlam next year in Toronto, Graham? Um, honestly, not. Sh- uh, shockingly enough, I am not I am not um, down on the idea of SummerSlam moving. Now, it's not as convenient for us with me living in Connecticut and you being a New York native yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean... It- 
To me, it's more of a bummer for TakeOver than anything, just because I like going to the TakeOver. SummerSlam, I went to the, to the first two years of Barclays. It was good. They weren't the greatest pay-per-views of all time. Last year's SummerSlam sucked. This year's was better, but it still wasn't amazing. It was it was, it was was good, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I regret not going. I'm pretty happy I didn't go. I went to SmackDown instead. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool they're going to Toronto. They have not been to Toronto for a pay-per-view since fucking at least over 10 years i know they were in montreal for survivor series 2016 and they were in montreal before that for breaking point 2009 oh, wow. so almost a decade in between shows in canada aside from survivor series a few years ago toronto is always a great crowd the, the fans are going to be awesome i've never been to a wrestling show in canada before so my goal is to travel and go to that show and and toronto go to take over and go to SummerSlam and do whatever else in that area uh, but I think it's cool they're kind of switching it away. I mean, it makes sense. I don't want to sound selfish because it makes sense, too, because we got we got SummerSlam weekend this year. We're getting WrestleMania in the spring. Mm. We're getting fucking evolution in two months here on the East Coast. We get everything over here on the East Coast. I think it's, it's nice to kind of spread the love over Canada. And so to do SummerSlam in the same arena two years in a row in, in addition to WrestleMania is kind of overkill. So maybe they come back to Barclays um in 2020 but for right now i'm glad they're kind of journeying over to toronto for the first time for SummerSlam, and i think if not ever the first time in a long time yeah i'm actually trying to breeze through this website that'll tell me toronto toronto yeah survivor series 06 brock and goldberg was the main event class that was SummerSlam uh 02 i think you mean no i'm talking about the last time the um, they were in Toronto in general, but for SummerSlam, wasn't um, wasn't oh four in in no that was uh yeah I'm drawing a blank right now no SummerSlam oh four that could be yeah Toronto that was Toronto SummerSlam oh four yes oh yeah that's when Benoit was champion and he lost the belt on that show yep so first time in 15 years by 2019 which is crazy so cool to see them going back for that show next year yep that's where Randy Orton became the uh the youngest world champion um Evolution is in uh Nassau Graham going to that no it is it is in Nassau I'm probably not not going to that show (laughs) um I, I went to Money in the Bank. I went to TakeOver. I've been at like three TakeOvers this year. Uh, I'm good on any WWE show in the foreseeable future. Yeah. And it's not that close to me where it's like that convenient to go. So probably yeah. not. But I would be open to the idea because Evolution should be a good show. And so far, I've been in attendance for the only women's main event so far. I was at Hell in the Cell 2016, like I said. I was at the the, the Rumble this year where the, where the uh, women's Royal Rumble match closed out the show. So it would be fitting if it went to that show too, but as of right now, I have no plans to attend Evolution. Yeah, you've been traveling a lot. You've been going to a lot of events. You you just need to sit back and just chill and relax, bro. Exactly. I told you before, I'm going to WrestleMania next year. Absolutely, I'd be a fool to not attend oh, yeah, in too. the New York area. I hope to see you there, Randy. But in the meantime, I'm going to just lay low till WrestleMania season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Save up my money. WrestleMania met life. I, somehow we got to find a way to, to wait, uh, uh, a way to get there. But um, Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, always appreciated. You can follow him on Twitter at WrestleRant. And our, our third partner, Mark Ramondi from MMAFighting.com. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raymondi, Graham, always a pleasure, my man. 
Thank you, Randy. I appreciate it. I hope you tune in to All In this Saturday so we can talk about it next week here on the show. But in the meantime, my friend, have a great one. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right. Later.